Scott Marty, you've found blurry photos, a podcast of the unexplained and the unexplored. Wait, wait, Doc, are you telling me you built a podcast out of mysteries? The way I see it, if you're going to talk about the unknown on a podcast, why not do it with some style? This is heavy. Oh my god, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Who? The reptilians! Run for it, Flora! Let's see if you cryptids can do 90. <laughs> don't bang your mom, Marty. Don't do it. That's. I like. I, I'd like to point out you called me both Marty and Flora in that. So <laughs> you really were playing a senile old scientist. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I travel everywhere in time and space. Hey, everybody. <laughs> This is Blurry Photos. Yeah. <laughs> Your highest production company. <laughs> Woo! I hired uh, Steven Spielberg for that intro. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm David Doc Brown Stecco. <laughs> and I'm David going through puberty Flora. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we have, uh, we've once again fluxed our capacitors <laughs> with, the, with mysteries and tales of the unexplained. Hey, Dave. Uh-huh. Nice life preserver. Dork thinks he's going to drown. <laughs> this podcast, uh, you might not be ready for it yet, but uh, but you, your, kid, you, your kids you, are going to love your it. Your kids are going <laughs> to Oh, man. Now, that's all we're going to do? Just Let's just read the script. That's, that's this week's <laughs> podcast. 1.21 cryptids. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we uh, this week, if you haven't figured it out, this week, uh, we're doing an entire podcast about the Libyans. No. <laughs> no. we That's just a case of shiny pinball parts. That's right. Yeah. Nope. This week, we're actually doing time slips. That's right. Tiny little tears in time that people tumble through on accident. It's almost like a Hollow Earth story, but in chronological order. <laughs> uh, this comes directly to us from a listener. Yep. There's a listener request. Peyton Bob. That's right. You say do it, then we do it. That's how it works. Yep. We're like little puppets on a string. Sexy, sexy puppets. <laughs> uh, so bye, uh, bye, thanks bye. for... Uh, oh, is that, God. Isn't, that, isn't that the NSYNC I, puppet I, one? I guess so. Uh, I'm not ashamed of it. You should be. <laughs> um, thanks uh, Thanks for sending this in, Bob. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, This has been a lot of fun. Uh, one of those uh, subjects that we had on the list, we, uh-huh. we would have gotten to it. Uh, but but you just sort of uh, you lit a fire, fire under there. our asses, Bob, mm-hmm. and we we responded accordingly. <laughs> we responded by removing our pants. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh. So uh, for this episode, we're going to talk about uh, what a time slip is. Yep. We're going to talk about uh, you know how often they happen, what happens during a time slip, and uh, some possible explanations for them. Yeah, and there's there's more to this than I had anticipated. Yeah. There is, although this is another subject where you really kind of have to dig through the uh, the garbage of the internet yep. to find that <laughs> ring that some schmo has thrown out oh. down, either down the garbage disposal or dropped it down the turlet. Yep, the engagement ring, yeah. the classic. All right, good call. All, All right. right, you brought it. You brought it back. This is a, a lot of fun. You you, you have to, to really sort it out because there was an old uh, uh, British show called Time Slips. Yep, that's that's gotten its its stench on on most things on how, the internet. How many times are we going to get f- 
by the BBC. Because you never <laughs> notice it's just British shows that are messing with us. So far, yes. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Now, uh, one thing that I see, I, I enjoyed the sifting because there is also, this also has a really good, uh, kind of like our, our EVP, where we should almost classify the quality of these tales. Mm, yeah, yeah. There is like an A, B, and C level. <laughs> and I, I enjoy like the G level stories, like the ones that you're like, honestly, <laughs> uh, how bored are you that you decided that the unex, that, that somehow you, you <laughs> fell through time instead of just taking a nap? Uh, a lot of the information that is out there, it, it repeats itself. Yep. Hold on. Yeah. I, f- I found that. And uh, keep in mind, now, time slips, hugely theoretical. <laughs> yeah. This is, I mean, when when we're talking paranormal here, which we love to, to get in that hot tub and just, mm-hmm. you know, fart all over so- the place. Oh, yeah, soak. Um, <laughs> we're already living in that, in that world and everything, but uh, this, one, this one has very few solid leads. On uh, on if these things are real or or what causes them, I think I can throw down a little bit in this league. I, I have I have a minor in physics. Oh, nice! I read a lot of books about physics. I I can discuss that. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think well, we can we can we can knock that ball around. I, I discussing it. I think you can do so ad nauseum. Right, and um, you know, and there, there is a a weird uh, almost belief system in it. Like yeah. people, this this is that that part where people believe in science the way put people believe in religion. Like they 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 haven't read the Bible and they haven't read a textbook, but they believe in one <laughs> or the other. And and with this, you also have to go along with that thing where you you, you kind of got to trust what they're saying, what they're telling you, because yeah. unless you've experienced it yourself, you're only going on what somebody has relayed to you from their experience. Yeah, and these these uh, these the the tales, the the stories of of accounts of. Uh, time slips they read like ghost stories mm-hmm. they they're like ghost stories that are supposed to include that that somehow incorporate this temporal phenomenon that's that that is supposed to spontaneously occur sometimes yeah speaking of of that uh this one lives kind of in the same world as the evp where you you do kind of have to take the people's uh word for it yep. you know and unless they're just uh a big old foolers, then uh, uh, they they tell you what they've experienced, and then you you go from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, let's uh, let's get into it and and see what we think here. Yeah. Uh, so uh, time slips, also called time shifts, time warps, dimensional anomalies. Timey wimey, slippy slidey. Yeah, they're supposed phenomena wherein a person or a group of people. Yeah suddenly find themselves in the past or the future or see a scene play out before them of the past or the future. And uh, this phenomena is a form of uh, physical time travel, though how it happens, like we said, total mystery. Yeah, and the the transition from the present to the, the alternate timeline, the, the past or the future, it's it's sort of unknown, which is why I kind of brought up the uh, the Hollow Earth. It, it has that same thing. Like, well, I knew where I was, and yeah. then I was somewhere I didn't recognize. Yeah, there's there's yeah. never like a, a a bolt of lightning or a, a moment of of break. Yeah, you just never, kind of never like a window that you actually physically step through or anything like a doorway or gate. You know. And I did see. Uh, I was actually intri- intrigued by this because I. I started when I did my research, you know, I started going through time slips and stories about that, about people finding themselves in other places. And I was reminded and I was surprised it didn't come up initially. I had to kind of then track it down separately. Uh, those stories about um, 
time slips in the Bermuda Triangle. Mm. Aircraft being in the air for an hour out of, you know, uh, Florida, but being way further ahead than they should have been, Mm -hmm. even based on their fuel consumption and things like that. Those sort of time leaps that happen. And I couldn't, I didn't find that when I was just looking for time slips. I had to look within the the realm of the Bermuda Triangle mythology and stories. But the thing that I found interesting is that a lot of these time slip stories, as well as a lot of the Bermuda Triangle stories, include a dense gray fog. Interesting. I found that that was that was real that was present in I'd say at least seventy five percent of this of the accounts that I read. I I, I read one uh, that had that as well, although uh, I just found one story that that had that. Uh, well, but, I think everyone at this point knows I do the more thorough research. You do. So. Yeah, I know. I, I and and literally uh, no one thinks that. Really, <laughs> everyone knows what you're I was the brains of this say. operation. <laughs> what I was trying to say is, all your stuff is bullshit. Yep, all the things that I've just <laughs> made up as I speak agree with me. It's interesting that you bring that up too, because I have noted that it it's not to be confused totally with missing time, right? Which is that phenomenon that that you lose an hour, like some you look down at the clock, it's nine o'clock. And then maybe you're you're driving along uh, mm-hmm. for like five minutes, and you look down, and it's and it's two in the morning, so right? Like, you know, that's sort of a thing that's connected more with UFOs or close encounters. Uh, although missing time could be related to or caused by time slips. Yeah, and and I think another hallmark of that is that the time slips always return you home. You yeah. you make it back to your own time. I guess one could say that a t- that lost time is just a one-way time slip. Yeah, yeah, you're propelled seven hours into the future. Right, right. Yeah, it's sort of like squares and rectangles at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, time slips are generally reported to last only a short time, mm-hmm. from uh, moments to to several minutes. Although there is a famous case of two British couples. On, yeah, on holiday in France that experienced a time slip that lasted almost a day, and we'll we'll get to this story because it's it's. Uh, one of the more famous ones. Yeah, I, I, I would I would go so far as to call it the famous one. Yeah. Mm. When the time slips happen, when these events happen, some people report just watching them, uh, just being witnesses or observing mm-hmm. the scene played out. Some people report actually interacting or participating in them. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part with these. I I think that some people can actually speak to to whoever's there in front of them. Uh, they they can touch and feel and and do everything that they normally would do if as if they were in that time. Yeah, in that in that scene or whatever whatever's happening. And likewise, the the location of a time slip usually remains uh, the same area that yeah. that you're already in, just just at a different time. But sometimes the uh, location that the event shows are nowhere near the area that it happens in. So there's actually like a, a physical as well as a temporal uh, relocation. Yeah, that's now uh, a couple of the stories that I read. Yeah, that's that was the case. No, I didn't run across any of those. I didn't. All the ones that I had were always just same place, different time. Yeah, and usually that's. I mean, the most common ones. That's what you're going to find. Uh, but apparently there are some that can transport you through space as well as time. Hmm. Weird. Some people uh, report, and, and and this is another kind of like, take this with a grain of salt too, but some people report uneasiness or feelings akin to depression or maybe even a, a sense of uh, unnatural cold 
when the experience starts. Hmm. It varies wildly, I think, yeah. from story to story. Like some people don't, nothing, they don't notice anything. Uh, and then some people are like, oh, do you feel cold? Yeah. What's that knight doing riding towards yeah. us? Dinosaurs! <laughs> so let's get into some examples of these so you, you get yeah. a better sense of what we're talking about. Yeah, let's about. break it down. Uh, I'm going to start out with this one we, okay. we just mentioned. It's called the Simpson-Gisby case. Yep. And uh, it was made popular by the 1979 ITV United Kingdom show Strange But True. And I think this is probably why this is the most famous uh yeah. Uh, at least at the top, you know, of the, of the famous stories out there of time slips, this show I think helped it a lot. And you can find this this episode on on the, uh, the YouTubes. So that's I mean, this is just like like a British unsolved mysteries, right? All right, minus Robert Stack. So how good could it be? <laughs> His name was Nigel Stackthorn. Oh damn it! <laughs> See, I went I went shooting my mouth off yep. without all the facts. All you had to do was say Mordor, man. <laughs> So these two English couples are on holiday. They're on their way to Spain via France. They stop at this little rural uh, countryside hotel. It's it's kind of like a, an antiquated uh, bed and breakfast type type place. And they go in and and they uh, they don't speak a lot of French, but uh, they speak enough to you know get their rooms and and uh, have a meal and everything. And um, they they put their stuff down in their rooms, uh, and they notice the the rooms are, are real basic, you know, nothing fancy at all, even down to the uh, the cloth and and the texture of the the bedding was a, a little different from what they were used to, and all then, the way down to the Napoleon that was eating in the kitchen, <laughs> and then they uh, checked uh, the windows because uh, it was it was getting colder in the night, and they found that the windows didn't have any glass in them; they were just shutters that were open. They they had to draw the shutters closed. Uh, so they thought that was weird, but you know, whatever. It's it's rural France. What what do you expect? This is in 1979, by the no way. No one expects anything from rural France. <laughs> uh, so then they go down and and they have their dinner, and the the dinner was great. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the knives and the forks and their their utensils and things they all seemed uh, weird to them. At, at least outdated some somehow or another, or or just you know they hadn't seen utensils like that before, basically. But they they didn't mind and they didn't they didn't speak enough French to to ask about it really so they just went on you know with it. Mon Dieu, quelle est la date aujourd'hui? Quelle est la date? Um, the the fork looks different from what we. You know what? Just just forget about it. Bring me uh, le fromage, le fromage. Dix-sept-cent quatre-vingt-huit. Dix-sept-cent. I, I, I don't know anything about salted cattle. Um, I just used all of my French to say, what is the date? And then like, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think it was then like 1780 something. Yeah, I, I said some French. Well, well done. Thank you. Well done. And I, I played the part of the confused Englishman. And <laughs> <laughs> scene. So they uh, they get up in the morning. They they have breakfast. They notice two policemen walk in and the <laughs> the policemen are wearing some strange uniforms not nothing like they've seen from i guess french cops <laughs> but um again they they didn't think much of it they they were just excited to get to spain they went up to to ask uh, what the bill was and apparently it was uh just 18 francs for the lot of them for all, for both couples some lag yeah <laughs> and uh that surprised them a lot because you know you spend the night have dinner and breakfast and everything and just 18 francs but again they were like well 
you know, who are we to, to question this? And, and we can't because we don't speak French. So Come on, Belinda. The place didn't even have windows. Of course it's cheap. But they enjoyed themselves. And they, they took some pictures outside with each other and, and the place in the background and everything. And then they, uh, they took off and, and went on to, to Spain and had a, a jolly old time. Day three of our vacation, we stayed in a French hole, took pictures out front, sent postcards to mum. Love, Nigel. P.S. No glass in the windows. Cheeky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on the way back, they they said, well, you know what? We we enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. Plus, it was cheap. So, they were going to uh, find it. Find this, uh, this little uh, bed and breakfast and stay there again. Well, they apparently drove back to the area that they uh, had found it in. And continued driving, driving around up and down these these roads and sort of over the the rural countryside, could not find this place at all. So they gave up and and they uh, they went on, went home, and then uh, a little while later later they got their film developed, and they noticed that all the pictures that they had taken at this uh, hotel were blank. They did not develop. And that was true for both couples who apparently discovered this separately and then, you know, phoned each other on the telly and discussed it. And then they started doing a little research about uh, the dress at the time, the uh, the clothing and, and style, and found that uh, policemen wore those uniforms that they saw around the turn of the century, 1900. And so they are convinced that uh, somehow they they had a time slip that allowed them to stay at this place uh, overnight from 1900 even though the year was uh, 1979 so now, now that's interesting like on a number of of levels yeah and, like i keep keying in on the photographs okay that the photos didn't work that that, that they didn't develop yeah that they, they didn't, didn't develop now but i would like to know like did they develop did they not develop in that those photos were open. Maybe the negatives were were not exposed at all. Maybe just like as though they were advanced through the camera without ever seeing light, mm-hmm. or were they overexposed? Yeah, and they try to to clear that up by saying, "Well, the rest of the photos turned out fine. Yeah, we we knew what we were doing. It wasn't like we just had a, a lapse of how to take pictures." <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, even the the photos and the negatives were were blank when they came out. Hmm. I mean, and it's it is it is one of the things where you kind of you have to take their word for it. But yeah. why not? This yeah. is a boring part podcast if we don't. So let's do it. <laughs> uh, the other thing people key in on is the modern money that was apparently accepted. Oh yeah. Now this comes up in other stories from from what I read, where there is an exchange of of money or there is you know some some type of thing like that where it's taken without question and and the. The person who is from the more modern times, they aren't questioned or looked at oddly by whoever's in the past. It's almost as if when they show up, they're somehow dressed the same way. Their money is the same currency. So they, so the people inhabiting this this pocket, for lack of a better word, sure. see the people who have entered it as as peers that's, as as was normal for their era that that's a, a theory but that may not have anything to do with it. it if if this were more along the lines of like a ghost situation yeah then it probably wouldn't matter at all to the ghosts or the spirits or the scene that's played out it, 
this is where your your mind just starts going wait a minute well and that's wait a, a minute <laughs> and that's a thing that i've that i've been kind of grappling with since i started reading these stories is that there's there's so much of this that is i mean it they're almost two different ways you can explain the same thing there's the the time slip theory and then there's what we already have covered in like two different podcasts now the ghost theory where the ghosts are just you know the the spirit of the the energy of that place is reliving the same right. event over and over and people just wander through it and they'll either interact with it or they won't which is same also true for these stories for these yeah, time slip yeah. stories and when they do when they are interactive they don't seem to recognize the person they're interacting with as being outside of what they're experiencing right so I, I almost feel like these kind of are ghost stories like and you could you could say the same thing that the, the like a, a ghost that's inhabiting a, a building is experiencing a time slip where it's getting projected into the future. Could be. Sure. You know, I, I think that you, if if you really wanted to, could make a case that we're almost talking like the same issue, but from two different angles. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I guess I have the beholder kind of thing. Right. But um, the thing that trips me up about, because uh, we're talking about residual haunting, mm-hmm. basically. I'll just go on and throw that out there instead of waiting for it um <laughs> it's 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 the residual haunting where where that that scene keeps getting getting played out but to me something like that it's not gonna have that tactile sensation yeah there is a huge amount of interaction attached. that none of the ghost stories ever have yeah and in in up to and including i mean eating food sleeping in the beds yeah you know touching stuff here's a good question did those English vacationers poop? Hmm. I, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they dropped a royal deuce. <laughs> a real clocking shire screamer. <laughs> Which is what we called it back when I was in middle school. A Shropshire shite brick. <laughs> the old Shropshire dropsy. That's yeah, British poops. That's what we're doing tonight. A liver poop. <laughs> oh, wow. Doesn't count. Does not count. <laughs> a Dover Rover. Because <laughs> uh, right. this, this could go on for a while. I'm, I'm going to squash yeah. it right now. <laughs> yeah, and that and you're right. There's the, the, that huge amount of interactivity with it that does make it very unique. A lot of the stories that I read that are not honestly interesting enough to really go into individually have these elements of, Oh, we went to a place and we saw a house on a hill or a building Mm -hmm. and then we left. And when we came back, there was nothing there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, nothing that anything was ever there, but maybe like a a, a old long since filled in foundation or something. Right. And those are almost like really ghost story ish more than to me than, than time slip. Yeah. But there are some better time slip examples. I've got one for you. Go for it. Now, the uh, the famous psychologist Carl Jung. Ooh. Yeah. A man of science and not of phalluses. <laughs> um, has had an experience uh, himself. So Carl Jung uh, was traveling through Italy in the 1930s. And he, uh, like any good tourist, went to go see the, a, a Roman tomb mm-hmm. for, for an empress in Ravenna. And he was just blown away with the, the beauty of these mosaics. And they were, you know, like kind of like um, maritime okay. boats and whatnot. They were on the uh, walls of the tomb. Yeah. And they, they uh, as he described it, they had this this pale, this eerily pale blue light. And he was just 
entranced by them and just stared at them. And uh, when he left, he even tried to you know find the gift shop. He wanted some some pictures, like some postcards of these things. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find anything. So uh, later, uh, a friend of his was also traveling to the same place, and he said, "Hey, will you do me a favor? I I'm still hooked on those those mosaics. Will you grab me some postcards? They didn't have any when I was there." And to be honest, it really pissed me off, and <laughs> and I'm oh, I'm fucking mad about it. No, he didn't say that. Carl, you never said that. So. This friend uh, goes, tries to get these postcards and comes back and was like, hey, Carl, you're a psychologist and you're crazy dog. <laughs> because it turns out the mosaics that he had seen and described were completely different from those mosaics that are actually there. Mm. However, thunder sound. They did exist exactly as he described them 700 years ago, but they had been destroyed in a fire. Whoa. Now, Young was positive that he had somehow, his, his consciousness had traveled back in time, and he was seeing it as it appeared 1,400 years ago. I'm glad that's the only conclusion he could draw from that. Well, he's a man of science, so he has got, uh, his brain travels through time. Hmm. But it is, it, it is a, a hell of a thing. That he was able to that he was able to describe something with, without any knowledge. He's a psychologist. He's not an archaeologist. Yeah. Um. He just thought they were really cool looking. You know. I think he. I. I like this story because the, despite the fact that he was he ended up being very famous in his field, he had a very honest reaction. He's like, oh, I saw this thing and I really liked it, and I tried to get a postcard and I couldn't. You know. He he didn't run out of there acting like anything was unusual, and it took some right. time for the fact that something had happened to actually come to light. That's true. Which I think I think lends that, that story a ton of credence. What a strange thing, though, for just the mosaics to be different. Right. Now, the mosaics were the things he noticed. True. And it, it's very possible that the rest of it was also different, but they that those portions had been largely unchanged. Because mm-hmm. you remember, I mean, he's going through a Roman mausoleum. Everything's going to look foreign and old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about the tombs being extra clean or anything like that. Like they were just built like a hundred years ago or something. Yeah, no, he just he just thought that they were they were just really amazing. Hmm. So I, I like that story. I, I have I I think that's a really credible account. Cool. I got a I got another one here. All right. This is a, another one of those uh, famous cases. Now this one this one you'll find out there. Uh, pretty pretty easily it's it's well documented and that's that's all i'll say about that uh, <laughs> it, it's it's called the the moberly jordan incident now i like that it's called an incident that implies that someone got killed yeah yeah but they didn't it's like a massacre well, but nothing happened some credibility might have but oh all right i like where this is going I detect the slight flavor of snark. <laughs> yeah, uh, there were there were two two women. One was named Charlotte Ann Moberly, and the other was Eleanor Jordan. And they were uh, they were English ladies. The year is nineteen oh one. The year is nineteen oh one. Horseless carriages are starting to appear all over the land. They uh, take this trip to uh, Versailles in uh-huh. France. They're they're pretty pretty well brought up. So we've got uh, some English people going on a vacation to France. Now our listeners have fallen through the time slip. <laughs> 
these two ladies, uh, they're no jack fools here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, these are like super educated school marms. Yeah, like one's a daughter of a bishop. Yeah. Like, no scullery maids here. No, no. Right, proper ladies they were. That's right. No battle axes here. Spit and polish everything prim and proper. Out for a bit of a wonder. <laughs> <laughs> to France. <laughs> So they they go to uh, the palace at Versailles and they're checking it out and they decide to uh, to go to this little chateau that's on the grounds check it out. Then they get there and they find out this chateau was uh, closed down. So they they decide well that's too bad let's go back to uh, let's go back to our party that we were with and and, yep. and and call it a day. They tried to get back and all of a sudden they found they were lost. Well they look around trying to figure out where to where they need to go. Yep. Uh, they come across some uh, roads, some some paths, some lanes. They find a lane to go down, and they start walking down it. And uh, they see this old, little old farmhouse. Plow was out front. Didn't look normal to them. Well, and it didn't. It didn't look like anything at all to one of them because only one of them actually saw that farmhouse. Oh, that's right. That's right. So Jordan noticed this cottage. And I apologize for the uh, repeated pinging of my heater. There's just nothing to be done for it. It's just chiming every six seconds now. <laughs> You're welcome. How English of it. Yeah. Oh, just think, think of it as Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, they, they claimed that there was this uh, um, dreariness that came over them. This yeah, feeling like of a, foreboding. An or, or oppressive. Some, yeah, something weird uh, they started feeling. So they keep going, and they, they both see this uh, man in a, in a cloak and a large shady hat. They they describe him as being just ugly as as uh, he's a, he's a bucket full of warts and then yeah. some. Yeah, his face is all jacked up from smallpox. Got dark complexion, and he tries to hide it with a rather festive chapeau that they <laughs> they describe Flora as a large sombrero. <laughs> large French sombrero. <laughs> A sombrero, which is a, it's it's just with e a u x at the end. That's how that's how you make a sombrero French. No, no, I go to the chateau in my sombrero. <laughs> so he tells them uh, how to get back to to where they need to go. Uh, so then they they cross the bridge. They get into the gardens that that are in front of uh, the palace. And who should they spy in that garden, sketching her little heart out? Moberly noticed this this lady sketching on the grass, and uh, said that she was uh, she was in an old fashioned, old timey dress. Now this was old fashioned to nineteen oh one, so it's functionally like a leopard pelt. <laughs> she had lots of lots of hair. Thought she was a a tourist at first, but then decided, nope, it's Marie Antoinette. Yep, nobody else. The famous <laughs> Marie Antoinette. <laughs> I do. I just. I like these stories. It's like when everyone claims that they they like that they have royalty, right? Like you know, right? Like, like in a past life, they, yeah. They were, I, uh, I just have no belief that like. Oh yeah, I I I stepped onto these gardens just in time to kick Napoleon in the balls and then <laughs> laugh. But the weird thing is, uh, Jordan didn't see this lady. Yeah, there was only yeah only uh, just Moberly like, saw her. Just like before, when when Jordan had seen the cottage, but Moberly didn't see the cottage. So, so, so if, if we were like gonna like NYPD CSI this, this is the part we say, well, their stories don't match up, <laughs> and we and we'll have a pun in there too, right? And then we take our glasses off, and then the who get to play and <laughs> yeah. 
We got to do a pun first before before we earn that. Yeah, that's true. I think we're up to the uh, challenge. I I got it. I think that we're gonna have time to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no! Wait wait, Looks- wait, 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 wait! We have to start it all over again. I think we'll have time to slip that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> When this woman told me she saw Marie Antoinette, I thought she'd lost her head. Yeah! Oh, God. <laughs> Why aren't we writing for the CSI NYPD NCISs of the world? Oh, man. Free puns for you. <laughs> All right. So, one lady. Of our lost play, they they see Marie Antoinette. They identify her from a portrait. Once they get back to Versailles, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the woman that was sketching. And again, I I love like this is this is remind. I'm remember this is the Moberly Jordan incident, and with every incident, there's an aftermath. <laughs> What's that aftermath that they go through, Stecco? <laughs> um, or that we are subjected to? Well, in order to create the most hysteria. They mention the incident to no one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they tell nobody. Because uh, uh, at that point, she's like, oh, do you think this place is haunted? Because we definitely saw something that no one else did. And and again, this is kind of where the, the genteel educated ladies come out. Because they, they both talk to each other and they realize that they they both saw some things that no one else did. And And I give them points for this. They each write out their accounts separately, which mm-hmm. is why you have these 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 differences. Mm-hmm. Um, they decide not to not to just spill all the beans. Like you write what you saw, I'll write what I saw, and let's see how batshit crazy we turn out to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's why you get the, these differences in their stories about who saw what. Now they they after they they read each other's accounts and found that there was a lot of consistencies. They decided to go back. And uh, they were never able to, uh, and this is this is the 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 hands down calling card of a time slip. They were never able to recreate their path or find that place again. Yep. Now I have heard that somebody somebody around there was uh, doing kind of like cosplay or doing sort of a reenactment mm-hmm. at the time, and and they said, well, that's probably what they stumbled upon, that just people doing reenactment. I mean that that sounds like. That sounds dumb to me as well, but I don't know, man. Yeah, and then they, they go so far as to say they they believe that the man that they saw, they recognized him as being a friend of Marie Antoinette, the, the Comte de Vaudreuil. And uh, uh, he was supposed to be famous, famously uh, jacked up in the face. Yep. <laughs> really, really known as... You know, the ugly guy. Yep. With the sombrero. He probably was just a perfectly normal-looking guy. But everyone hated that sombrero so much that whenever they described him, like in history books, they're like, "Oh yeah, he was so ugly. He had a boil <laughs> on his eyeball and every- ravaged by smallpox. Oh and yeah, he had to wear a huge brimmed hat. Oh yeah, and every time he talked, he would talk about how his genitals didn't work. I remember that really clearly. Looks like this is someone who couldn't think outside the pox. Yeah. Uh. Man, that's did you let me have that one or did you or did I earn that? <laughs> you earned that all one. Right. Um I all I could think of is while I was screaming yeah into the microphone, 
how unpleasant that's going to be for our <laughs> listeners. And I'm sorry. I'll try to do the best I can yeah, we'll in try post, to m- but mute, mute that out a little bit. Won't be again! <laughs> um, but they did finally find uh, an old map of the grounds that did show like the gardens, the bridge that they crossed, um, everything that seemed to really uh, line up with their story. They decided to publish their findings in a book in 1911, but they used uh, fake names, pseudonyms, so no one would know that they were crazy. And every, like everyone, you know, like it was a, it was a big deal. Um, critics didn't think it was real. Even the Society for Psychical Research, and yeah, that's that's what it was called, did a review of the book, and they were like, "No, these, yo, these bitches cray, dog. They think they, they think they're seeing things." Let's talk about some more psychical stuff. Yeah, the identity of the ladies who published this wasn't even made public knowledge until thirty-one, and then I I don't know, like then they claimed to have had many other paranormal experiences before and after. What What do you think, man? No, I'm not I'm not buying it at all. I mean, to me, this, I mean, it smells like old French fromage. Yep. This is just... This is the stinky fromage. This is where we change Merd to Merlin. Yeah. Yeah, this is. I agree. And, man, this is like Biddy Quest. <laughs> like, this is just, like, two ladies, you know, like, when when moms get together for margarita night and just all hell breaks loose. Yeah. This is what happens. Like they went on a vacation, and then I'm they... surprised a Ouija board doesn't come up in here somewhere. Right, right. These guys, they just they were having fun, and then they got the giggles, and then they were just like, "No, let's just let's, keep going." We can capitalize on this, right? Uh, I, I don't know this story. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with bunk. Could have happened. Could have could have been fine. Everything, could have been fine. The, uh, I mean, like we said, you know. But uh, I don't know who could ever reach me. Now, having grown up uh, in the in in the the, the church, as it were, um, I think everyone who grows up in a religious environment knows that it's the kids, <laughs> it's the preacher's kids that go buck wild. Simpsons did it. Yep. So yeah, there's that one. You can read up about it on, on yeah. the interweb. There's plenty of stuff on it. You can decide for yourself. I've got a chilling tale for you, Mister Flora. Do you? Yeah. Let's hear it. This is about uh, Jim and his buddy John because we're not using their real names to protect their identities. And this happened in the early 1970s. It's about Jimmy John's? It's it's about the foundation of a sandwich empire. Uh, So they went on a hunting trip to Tennessee, and they're from Pennsylvania, but they drove to Tennessee to go hunting. After a week, they decide, oh, let's let's head on back home. And uh, the where they were hunting was somewhat remote, so there's a long dirt road. And uh, it's a good thing they weren't hunting in like a city or anything. (laughs) Right. Weird. (laughs) We're, we're going hunting. Where are you going? Nashville. <laughs> we're going to bag us one of them guitar folk. I'm going to look for a cougar. <laughs> First, I'm going to watch some tape an episode of Hee Haw. This is the 70s. So they're driving, and they've been driving for a while. And, and again, you get this this moment where things start to feel on somewhat different or, or weird mm, that comes up. and and they they describe the fog they look in the rearview mirror there's there's fog behind them but not in front of them hmm. and it's just obscuring everything it's just like there's nothing behind them the driver's like hey you know john do you do you notice anything he's like yeah this fog is it's kind of all over the place behind us but we're not driving through it it's just behind us yeah yeah this fog <laughs> jimmy jimmy it's on our tail what are we doing jimmy, i'm so glad you said something i was over here shitting my pants thinking i, I don't know maybe i've got hunter's madness <laughs> I mean, we need to get out farther from the city. 
After all these days, you would think I'd learn I can be emotionally honest with you. We haven't learned anything, Jimmy. Anything. <laughs> stop the cow. We deserve what the fog's bringing. No, no, keep going. Don't stop with this fog. Oh, we're making this story so much better than it's going to end up. Our version, yes. so much better. Keep um, yourself. Yeah, spoiler alert. This story sucks. <laughs> okay, so. Back to the terror. Back to the terror. <laughs> so they notice the fog. They keep going. Then uh, they approach this intersection, and they realize they're right back at the beginning of their trip. Oh. They're right back where they started, two hours away. Now that sucks. Yeah. So they're like, what? How'd we get back here? Now, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I don't know. They got lost. <laughs> and this is, this is why I love this story, because it's, it's such a great, dumb story. According to the, to, to the writer of this story, who's protecting their names, not using their real names, lest they lose their jobs at truck stops, that they had not driven in a circle. And according to the odometer and the gas gauge, they had only traveled one way. Because... Both of those things will give you directional information. What? (laughs) What? I know. There is nothing that would tell you you would have traveled two ways in a car. Nope. Okay, keep going. That's it. (laughs) Fair enough. I told you. I told you that I left the good stories to you, and I just sought out like the really bad ones. And man, this I love it. is a great bad story. Like I, oh, I let's just go back to Pennsylvania. John, John, I got terrible news. I just checked the gas gauge and the odometer. We've been only going but one direction. What? I swear we went all over the place back there, Jimmy. Oh man, sounds like their sense of direction's been running on empty. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! We are no because we no more. We have to. We we have puns to do. We're burning our puns. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's apparently uh, Liverpool in England uh, has a has a its fair share of of time slips. I'm so glad you have a story from Liverpool because I heard it referenced. They kept I like I found three or four different places. They were like, well. The well-known uh, occurrences of Liverpool. Yeah, there's a street uh, in Liverpool. I'm not going to regale you with a whole story. Okay. There, there's apparently a street that's famous for for people slipping in and out of uh, uh, the past. On, there's a lot in, of bars on that street. No, like uh, a, a tailor or something, or hmm. some I don't know something old timey cobbler. Yeah, barrel maker. I don't know. Wheelwright. <laughs> Cartwright. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently apparently a lot of stuff happens in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that mentioned a bunch. One story I found was uh, of this couple who who were uh, hiking in Haiti and uh they had this weird sense come over them and and suddenly they they were on like the cobblestone streets of France of like uh, uh 18th or 19th century France and it was enough for them to have to like sit down and and like talk about it, sit down on the curb. <laughs> And uh, and they were describing things for each other that that they could both see and stuff, and then um, they noticed that that a companion of theirs was uh, up ahead of them and, and was getting out of sight. So they kind of called out to him, and he came back to them, and suddenly they were back in in Haiti, and he hadn't experienced none, none of this. Yeah, so that's that was one of the ones that I read uh, about going through 
space as well as time. Yeah, it, it it's strange. I'll I'll leave us there with with the stories because I want to get into the explanations. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into that side of it. But uh, I I encourage you guys listening to uh, go out and and try to find some stories uh, of of these that people mostly a lot of stories on kind of like forums or uh, sites that uh, talk about time slips. They'll have you know uh, listeners write in and. Mm-hmm. And uh, discuss it a little bit, but um, for the explanations, it's this section is is right up there with none of this none stuff of this is, is legally binding. Yeah, we we this is not nothing that that we came up with or, or anybody in particular came up with. This is all oh, it, it's just I'm, a big field of theory. I just I just got my metaphorical crowbar out to open up the biggest wood bound cask of conjecture I've got. Yeah. We'll start out with uh, a boring ex- explanation for this. Yeah, bore me to tears. Uh, these are all lies. <laughs> these are all damn dumb, boring lies. They're they're hoaxes. They're they're just people funning you. But, it's, which I mean, honestly, you could you, we could have said that at the beginning of our first episode, we, we, and then yeah, that's not why we do this. <laughs> yeah, podcast. exactly. <laughs> so let's just throw that out. Uh, another boring one, though. People are just confused or mistaken. Yeah. They maybe did take a take a wrong turn. Take the tragic tale of Jim and John in a hunting trip gone perilously inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they so so maybe they you know there are roads out there. I'm from the south. There I checked are, the headlights. They're still facing forward. <laughs> there are roads out there that you're driving on, and and you take a you take a soft curve, mm-hmm. and what you don't know is that. You could have kept going straight, right? But it does for you know, especially at night. It, it doesn't doesn't really look that way. And you take the soft curve, and all of a sudden you're back in town, right? And then you got to reckon people, what happened. People are looking at you, <laughs> and that town it's in France. How come everyone goes to France? I don't know. Did you notice that France is is the epicenter of a lot of this crap. Yeah. Hmm. No one no one goes to like Gdansk. <laughs> nope. I will one day. Yeah. Leningrad, Bora Bora. So let's get on with some neater explanations here. Yeah, um, one that one that's not too boring, but but still kind of dumb. Uh, people are asleep; they just kind of fall asleep, <laughs> and they experience this in way. It's almost like a sleepwalking state, a, a lucid dream. Yeah, yeah. Let's call it that. Okay, I mean, I can see that. You know, if you if you're a, a British lady, you've been walking for longer than you you're used to. You maybe call it fall into kind of a, a walking daze. Yeah, but the thing that that doesn't explain is how multiple or groups of people right ex- experience that. So, what if uh, people actually travel through time? Yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> let's get to the nasty. Yeah. What if what if they they actually do that? Or uh, like we said, a scene's been imprinted on an area, and people are seeing a residual haunting mm-hmm. going on. That, as we mentioned, that doesn't really explain the interactions as much. So what if people are suddenly in, in another time? Let's mm-hmm. say they, they do travel through time. They're suddenly back in the past or, or something. What, what would cause that? Could it be electromagnetic energy that uh, maybe is, like you said before, a little pocket? causes a little, little window to open up where you, where you step through and you don't even know it. This was experimented with by Tesla, and uh, he was, I think, convinced that there may be a way to breach time and or space uh, or warp it to create a doorway using highly charged rotating magnetic fields. Now, my question is, does that mean that these could naturally occur? And 
are they dangerous? If so, well, because you, nobody in these stories really had any danger. No, no, and I, and I'll say this: like just before we even get into the conjecture of it, I mean, as a stated fact, time is malleable. It is not a universal constant. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of shares a few interesting things, like with with light, for example, for all observers, regardless of their individual motion, the speed of light is always the same. Right. So if if I'm on if I'm standing still and you're in a car going 88 miles per hour, we will still both observe light as going the same exact uh, uh, speed. Yeah, that flux capacitor is really starting to hum, by the way. That's right. Uh, but uh, and, and the same thing for time. For each individual observer, time will always pass at the same rate. However, the faster you go, you do experience a time dilation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Theoretical physics really actually does teach us a lot about what could happen, especially with time Yep. in this, like you said. Now, Einstein described uh, something he called space-time, yep. uh, which is, uh, according to him, affected by gravity. Uh, it, it can be bent or warped. You ready for me to drop a nugget on you? Let's do it. Using a long equation called Riemann's metric tensor, one can actually calculate the exact amount of space-time curvature within a gravitational field, thus determining the distortion of time within that field. <gasps> a baboon! Yeah! <laughs> I'm drinking a beer. Think of it this way: the 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 classic example is uh, have a you have a big sheet of rubber mm-hmm. that's stretched out, and you drop a bowling ball in the middle of it. Yep, that rubber uh, represents space time. Yep, and the uh, the bowling ball represents the Earth or another huge mass. Yep, any any center of mass. Mm-hmm. And so, if you roll a, a smaller ball around it, it's going to be affected. Yep. by that uh, that curvature that happens. Now, I can't get it in my head to make a 3D model of that. Mm-hmm. Uh the 2D model works great, <laughs> but I cannot in my for the life of me, you know, picture and probably because I'm stuck here in the drudging third dimension. <laughs> but I I bet Jin could do it. This <laughs> He's got odometers to help him. <laughs> so He's got a lot more gear. Than Only we if you're have. rolling that ball in one direction, <laughs> <Yeah>. though. <laughs> so that's that's what we're dealing with in terms of, of space time uh, and gravity and stuff. But another fun thing that he came up with was the faster than light travel. Yep, going faster than light since uh, light speed is a constant mm-hmm. to us. Going faster than light actually makes the light or the whatever is traveling at the speed of light appear to go backward. Yeah. So to make to make this kind of simple, imagine. You made a phone call to some very distant place. And when I say distant, I mean... Jupiter? Hun- like, very, very far Kazakhstan. Away. Kazakhstan. If you were able to travel faster than light, you would be able to initiate that phone call and answer it. <laughs> Simultaneous to you in the present making the phone call, even though you, because you have traveled faster, because light is our speed limit for everything. Right, right. And by by being able to some, if you were able to somehow circumvent that, by if you were able to go faster than light, you've circumvented our perception of time. Right. So you would you would be simultaneously talking to yourself on the other side in Kazakhstan. The great um, success. <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, Thanks for calling. <laughs> Diva, no, hey, everybody. <laughs> I knew you called before the call you made. 
Yeah, so so I, I think of it uh, also as if, if you're shooting a laser from point A to point B, the laser's actually going to show up at point B before you shoot it from point A. Yep. Although technically, since the laser is light, I mean, that'd be a hell of a trick. Well, it's it's a faster-than-light laser. So. There you go. Uh, FTLL. Fatal. So uh, wrap that around your brains. The problem is uh, it's supposed to take an infinite amount of energy to increase anything that is slower than the speed of light yep. to get it to go to the speed of light. Yeah, and that's, and that's that's the classic exchange of E equals MC squared. Mm-hmm. Uh, your energy is equal to your mass times the speed of light squared. As that speed of light squared, half of the equation goes up. E also has to go up to right. balance it. So as you get closer to the speed of light, eventually it requires an infinite amount of energy to hit what is the ultimate speed limit. Yeah. And so that's why that's how that, that curve be, just goes exponentially to an, to an asymptote, as they say. <laughs> Unless there are particles that always move faster than the speed of light, mm-hmm. which, you know, theoretically they have posited. Well, they've, they claimed it. They claimed that it happened at CERN just last year, but they, then it turned they, out they were Rizong. They were dim. <laughs> Somebody uh, called Devot on that yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. Those, those neutrinos, they were behaving. So anyway, faster than light travel, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the theoretical physics that we'll get into in our podcast about, about ghosts and Spring Hill Jacks. Let's talk some more yep. about theoretical physics. Uh, gravitational time dilation this is a 1907 theory by the Einstein. The famous. <laughs> the Einstein. famous Albert Einstein. Uh, which has since been confirmed a, a mm-hmm. number of times, it's a difference of elapsed time between two events from observers of different gravitational masses. To simply put, the more gravity there is, the slower time passes. Yep. The uh, the astronauts from the Apollo mission, mm-hmm. they experienced 1.0001 second. They live that far in the future from us. Yeah. Because of their time spent in such a low gravity environment. They're not as close to the Earth. Once again, thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. The, the closer you are to the, to the core of the Earth or the center of, of the crust, uh, if, you're, if you're a hollow Earth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> near, they, the, near the gigantic grape fields. The slower time is going to move for you, which I have to assume if you are, if you are able to stand on the surface of the sun, that's going to be a long day. Yeah. Right. You're going to burn. Well, time, time's going to gonna be ticking pretty slow for you. Yeah. Now, uh, there's a great extreme example of this. Um, oh, say, the sun's not extreme enough for you? Thanks. Well, maybe you should meet my friend, the black hole. <laughs> it's got chunks of your sun in its stool. <laughs> Literally, it's it devoured. It your sun is a stugach. <laughs> uh, say you're on a radio, and you plummet in a rocket into a black hole. Now, it, it will require... I'm on a radio? Yeah, you're, you're transmitting. Oh, okay. Uh, you're transmitting, you're, ta- you're, you're, you're live blogging your descent into the black hole. OMG, 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 <laughs> OMG. <laughs> um, now, granted, it would require a huge amount of uh, compression technolo- uh, decompression technology because your signal will be elongated, mm-hmm. but you will literally be transmitting your scream for millions of years because you'll, your time dilation will be so great as you enter such an extreme well of gravity. Right. That you will functionally eternally be screaming on your radio. So time slows down. So keep your mouth shut if you're in a rocket. Nobody wants to hear that noise. No. But if you are able to just skirt outside that event horizon, 
the your friend who is screaming in the black hole, you will you will age before their eyes, right? Because uh, the time's going more quickly for you. Unfortunately, you won't because they're on the other side of the event horizon, and so nothing that they can experience will ex- escape that event horizon. They will enter an, 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 a well of darkness. All right, all right. Well, but you know, you, you yeah, know I what get I mean. you. I, I yes, you're you're going to. Were be, they able to observe you? Were somehow. they able to observe you? If their eyeballs weren't also stretched into yeah, spaghetti into taffy times. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's gravitational time dilation. How about maybe pockets of these floating around? Mm-hmm. Something like that. It'd be a hell of a trick, and I think there'd be a lot of secondary effects. The least of which would be an alteration of time. Yikes. What about if it's a rift or flaw in the fabric of time allowing for the travel in between? Supposing parallel universes that exist, kind of like how they they, uh, they give an example of, of bubbles. Mm-hmm. You know, how bubbles foam up and, and touch each other, but they're still their own bubble. There's the thought that maybe uh, parallel universes exist like this or mm-hmm. or like membranes that float parallel to each other and sometimes touch. Or bleed through one another, so maybe maybe these are glimpses uh, of the these other uh, universes that come into to being on and ours. Right, and in that theory, it would be not that you traveled back to our past, right? But you actually traveled to a parallel universe that was its age for any number of reasons was offset these seventy or a hundred or two hundred years, mm-hmm. so you weren't seeing. Our the Marie Antoinette you were seeing there, Marie Antoinette. Yeah, you ever um, watch Fringe? I don't. I need to. Oh. I've been told that by a ton of people. Does, does that happen in the show? Yeah, um, sort of. They're they're they play with a parallel mm-hmm. universe, a, a parallel universe. Now I've got a I've got a theory for you in the style of the Matrix. If you really want to bake your noodle, too late, man. So I read a book uh, by Julian Barbour uh, called The End of Time in which it is it is proposed that there is no such thing as time. Okay. That it is just kind of a, a false construct we've used and incorporated into our, our models, but I've it doesn't that. actually exist. Mm-hmm. And that what we're really measuring is just, it's hard to say this without using time-based con- uh, wording, but a rate of entropic decay in our portion of the universe. Okay. And that this is just how long it takes for things to break down and it seems somewhat constant, although it's not, and that it can change. The pendulum can swing back and forth where uh, the rate of entropic decay is actually decreasing, where order is increasing for an amount of, for, for a, see again, I'm already saying time again. It's really hard to divorce yourself from the concept of it. Yeah. But in a system like that, uh, it would mean, again, almost just what you're saying, like a bubble forms that, that, you, can, that you can experience things through. Clearly, at no point in this book did they discuss time slips, <laughs> because there would just be slips. Yep. There ain't no time in this book. I've heard that uh, time is a, a human construct or a construct of the mind mm-hmm. in a, that's that's just used to try and make sense of things uh, in a way to measure, yeah, what's going on around you, which I guess in this case would be the entropic decay. I don't know the way this country's headed. <laughs> I don't think order is increasing. Uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting is that, you know, you get one of the, the fun, I don't know, features of, of quantum mechanics is that that literally, since things are guided by probability and there's no there are no absolutes, literally anything can happen. It is it is scientifically plausible 
that you'll wake up with a rhinoceros in your room. Yeah. That, that never happens, but... Uh, There's always a chance. Yeah, there, there, it's, it's, it's down to probability, not possibility. Yeah. And, and this is amazing. One of the fun things about this, this being a proven fact. So take, for example, an electron. Okay. Now, that electron is never in one, as far as we can tell, like specifically, we can never know exactly where it is and where it's going at the same time. That's the, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle says mm. you can't know the position and the velocity at the same time because by knowing one, you destroy the other. <laughs> The better you, it. the better you know a position, the less you know where it's going. Right, and the more you know where it's going, the less you know exactly where it is at the moment it's going there. So what you have for an electron is what they call the probability cloud. It's somewhere in this area, <laughs> yeah. and as you get closer to the center of that cloud, it's more likely because it's, it's like anything else. It's it's more probable that it's it's near the center of its probability cloud that it's that it's it's gone less distance towards the outer and then there's yeah that's that's when that happens to me that center <laughs> is called my kitchen right and that cloud is called the smell <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it is true I, and, and even human beings we have probability clouds it's really likely at any given moment if someone observes you that you'll be closer to your home. Or your place of work. You know, there are these clouds. And it's very unlikely that you'll be in Anchorage, Alaska. Although it's still possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the same thing for electrons. Now imagine... Maybe we're electrons. What? Maybe they are the nuclear. Now imagine this. This is where things get really fun. Too late. Imagine you are, imagine you are an electron. And that your home is the, is the center. <laughs> I'm so negative. <laughs> You're so happy to be negative. <laughs> um, your your home is the center of your electron cloud. And imagine there is an infinite wall between you and St. Louis. I'm so angry. Wait, St. Louis? Yeah. Uh, I'm all right. So <laughs> this wall states, this wall is impenetrable. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can't go through it. Okay. It's but, like Bill Goldberg. But it's, st- <laughs> who the f- is Bill Goldberg? Who's that wrestler that used to spear people? He was a former football player. <laughs> just keep going. Oh, you just Greg Biffled me. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> so imagine there's this wall. You're, you can't go over it. You can't go through it. You can't go under it. But there still remains the mathematical possibility that someday you'll be in, in St. Louis. And someday you will be in St. Louis. Oh, that's true. When someone observes you, and electrons do this, it's how your cell phone works. It's how integrated uh, circuits work now. That even with an an impermeable barrier to an electron, it will statistically, to the exact same amount, find itself on the other side of that barrier. Mm. And how that happens? Spooky. Spooky science. Spooky science. Yeah. And so there's these kind of quasi-magical things that happen in very down-to-earth explained physics. Yeah. I mean, what is magic if not unexplained science? Right. And so and so to that degree, why wouldn't there be this, like you said, these, these bubble, these, these, these slight openings that can happen, these things that seem impossible? Yeah. Why isn't there a, 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 pro, a, a possibility of someone just stepping through and not even being aware of it and finding themselves surrounded by this? And maybe it's highly unstable. And so, right, and right. so suddenly, boom, then it's gone again. Yep. It doesn't affect the, the observer, luckily. Mm-hmm. I've even heard the, the theory that uh, you could be walking down the street and suddenly, in an in a instant, you're walking the other direction. 
there's like a chance all the time that that could happen to you. Yep. I, I forget what it's called. I forget what the theory is or what the, the phenomenon is. But theoretically, in theoretical physics, there is a chance out there that that can happen to you. Yeah. It's, so, it's and it is like so. Physics is awesome. Yeah. It's awesome and terrifying. <laughs> and it only like when, when you get, I mean, to something as ubiquitous as an electron where they're moving so much and there's so many of them that that probability shows up where, where it actually, that weirdly impossible thing will happen at a predictable rate. Yeah. You know, when you get to something as organized as a person, you're probably going to be just fine. Just sometimes you could be driving down a country road and regardless of what your odometer might tell you, you turned around, buddy. I asked the proton if he was sure he didn't kill that guy. He replied, I'm positive. Yeah! Walking for the ground! (laughs) Jesus God. (laughs) Oh, this uh, this is a tough this is a tough sell for people. Oh uh, yeah, it's just all puns and physics. That's what we did this week. It's puns and physics. Hey, I'm I glad, couldn't be happier. I'm glad that that you uh, sent this in, Bob. Thanks for sending this in. Mm-hmm. That's that's time slips. Uh, yeah, in a very theoretical nutshell. For oh you. man, yeah. So there you go. We gave you uh, gave you what's what and why is that and and just <laughs> and, a whole bunch of jibble jabble. Huh? Who's Applebee's? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we we don't claim to know anything about these things, and and I don't. I think most of of uh, science out there doesn't. We only right. have these fun fun theories to to talk about. And hopefully, we uh, talked about them enough for you. But uh, if you're interested, go out there and try to try to find out for yourself. Don't go looking for them because these things are so random. Yep, probably never going to happen to you. You should just pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Just pay attention. I mean, I I've, I've experienced uh, a, a reverse time slip every day. I'm at work and just drags on. But I hope we have whetted your appetite for puns because we got a whole lot more. We're gonna slip oh, into. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we haven't whetted your appetite. This is like just dessert on an all-you-can-eat pun buffet. <laughs> Good God. I'll go first. Please do. I've got an event where suddenly you're just outside of London and a giggling Irishman bounces up and smacks you. <laughs> I love this already. It's called the time slap. <laughs> Spring Hill Jack slap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just went through time. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I've got I've got one. It's where you are at a uh, international rap competition and you're up on stage and all of a sudden you find yourself um, throwing down uh, sweet beats and lyrics about how you're rolling with your gentleman in your uh, Model T. And that's a uh, it's a rhyme slip where you, you find yourself rapping anachronistically. Never happened to Diggy Toots. Never. No, no. Diggy Toots, he's all in the present. You're I... welcome. I have a gourmet spice merchant. Oh, God. Oh. Okay. All right. It's called the time slip. <laughs> T-H-Y-M-E. Yes. Yes. Slip. All right. All right. I'm, I'm, getting, uh, I'm getting out of the phrase time slip. All I'm, right. I am, we, we need that. As I always do when I can't come up with a pun, I will come up with a product. And this one is a television show that I'll be pitching to, as always... The now defunct UPN. <laughs> huh. 
time is a one-way street. Or is it? Thursdays this fall on UPN. Two men on a journey to right the wrongs of the timeline. Jim and John, Time Hunters. <laughs> Bong. Wrong. Talk, tick, talk, tick, hey, y'all, Jim, talk, where tick, are we? Talk, tick, tick, tick. Well, I just checked the odometer. <laughs> it looks like we're in the future of space. <laughs> now let's hunt us some time. Two men on a journey to right the wrongs of the timeline and get back to Pennsylvania in time for their shift at the tire factory. Time hunters. That's, that's like uh, that's taking like Quantum Leap and Samurai Jack, <laughs> mashing them all together. That's right. It's, UPN's got some great programming. <laughs> R.I.P. UPN. <laughs> well, it's uh, enough about us. <laughs> let's talk about you. Let's talk about you, and let's talk about you talking about us. Oh, yeah! Sounds like it's about time. Based on this sound. <laughs> Only that makes all the boys come to the yard because they don't want our milkshakes. <laughs> I'm going to start this right off the bat with an ongoing blurry photos debate. Oh, goodness. It has raged for weeks. Could only be from one listener. That's right. <laughs> when you want a long-running debate about a terrifying subject, you go to one Mr. Martin R., mm. who still wants to discuss the Sharimi. Okay. And, uh, and I, I put this out there. And I th- we've got some other uh, input on this that is probably better than Martin's. Oh, Martin, uh, Martin, you're, you're really staying on the butt thing a lot. Oh, man. Uh, people are going to think you're really, weird. Really but hitting I don't. that butt hard. I don't. Oh. You're, 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 yeah, really. Get out of that really butt. really hard on the butt last you're night. A, you're in a butt rut, you, uh, dude. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I, I put out a challenge to our listeners. Of just name something that would be that would be improved if you put an eyeball on it. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, that is better with an eyeball on mm-hmm, it." Mm-hmm. And in Martin, you bastard, you tried to lawyer me on this, and I'm not falling for it because he gave me a succinct list of things that would be improved with an eyeball. For example, he says almost any animal species with less successful light sensing organs than a human would be really happy to see. Uh, that and thus hunt or flee better. So like a cavefish, yeah, like a uh, or or add an eye to a cavefish. Is that what? You're... Yeah, or like to one of those uh, naked mole rats that are blind. Add a giant human eye to those, or a bat. Yeah, anything that can't see as well. But that's Incorrect. not the point. Ned, that's not the point. <laughs> that how disturbing would just a normal bat be with a human size eye? Exactly. Where would you put the eye? It would be too heavy to fly at that On point. Its tummy. Not improved. He also adds, uh, eyeball soup, by definition, would be improved by adding eyeballs. False. Oh. False. Goodness, I think you're confusing eyeballs with paprika. Right. Also, I think all of our listeners right now are going, wait a minute. What about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Right. It's a perfect example. Dave. Because. Give me your hat. (laughs) No. Because I'm going to puke in it. Yeah. Well done. Uh, yeah, because the eyeball soup was put in there to dis- to just horrify and disgust. Mm-hmm. The less eyeballs in eyeball soup, the better the soup gets. 
a child, a monkey brain. Tweet. <laughs> and make that little sound when the top of the head comes off. Yep. Um, now, this one, ooh, this one's on the fence, but I'm still not giving him points because now I've got a grudge about it. No. Flora, this is right up your alley. The the Beholder from Dungeons and Dragons. True, a true floating story. Uh, head with a bunch of eyeballs on stocks. Now, well, it, it's basically a floating eyeball with with more yeah, eye, smaller with eye, ancillary eyeball eyeballs. Stocks on it. He says since each eyeball possesses a new innate magical ability, that would be improved by true the story. addition of an eyeball. Yep. So correct. Yeah, I guess, but that doesn't exist. So <laughs> right. so wash. Well, uh, I'm calling it a draw on that one. Yeah. You're yeah. not wrong, but you're not right. I don't know. Didn't you ever see Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah. Kind of kind of had a beholder in there, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I also saw Lord of the Rings. That had a big eyeball in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, I, I can't believe I said that. And then it was like, wow, that, that, that meshed together. <laughs> Mortar. <laughs> Mortar. Uh, also, now this is where he just gets real bebop and word jazz on it. Uh, if, and rock steady. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Sorry, man. I'm on a nostalgia train. No right doubt. There's some Choo-choo. teenage mutant ninja turtles there. If in the vastness of space, Martin writes, we find any floating asteroids have an eyeball that would turn that inert, lifeless rock into a new and wholly miraculous species of life that that would right. upend both religion and science for oh. all time. Come on. Come on, Jean Luc Picard. Jeez. Cut the cut the shit, Jordy. <laughs> no doubt. No, Mister Worf. Oh man, what are you Jeez, gonna? Louise, pass the peas. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Break the prime directive? Come uh, on, man. Yeah, that's no. Even that's an abomination, and they would just vaporize it. Yeah, good luck probing that too. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't even know where to sh- shove the probe. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Flora, why don't you why don't you bring this one home? Because well, I, thanks, thanks, Martin, for for writing it. because yeah. we we like discussing stuff. We you know? do, even he, though I took a pretty uh, adversarial stance to you there, uh, Mister Martin R. Because I feel I feel like you were deliberately dodging the point. <laughs> I, I love it though; it's great. Yeah. It's 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 still fun to talk about. But speaking of that, we got another example of what uh, might benefit from adding an eye to it. Uh-huh. Uh, listener Jeff says, "If I see a cyclops with an extra eye, I'd be more at ease." He did it. That's it, man. He did it. That wins. True, true story. Right now, there. I granted, yes, cyclops is no more real than the beholder was <laughs> but the cyclops is happier and i'm happier right in the beholder scenario i was just gonna get my ass kicked harder so i still couldn't say that i would be happier to see a beholder with another eye right but, but it- a cyclops everyone's happy when you give a cyclops an extra eye yeah even though i guess technically one would still be <laughs> giant and central <laughs> and the other one would be like normal size and off center like you look like, like a bleeding picasso <laughs> they would get real cubist or like kind of like sloth a little bit <laughs> baby ruth <laughs> but the moral of the story is jeff you did it well played jeff thank you jeff <laughs> Our good oh, friend man, Martin's going to be so pissed that we called someone else the winner on that <laughs> one. Thanks for playing along, though. Martin. <laughs> yeah, please continue to. I enjoy these little chess matches. Uh, friend of the podcast, Mel Evans, writes in about our Merlin episode. She says, "Dudes, that's us." I'd like to point out that in pop culture wizard news, there are many wizards in the work of Stephen King, including Martin Broadcloak, Rhea of the Coos, 
Flag Magician, and possibly Randall Flag. Also, the Meyer Wizard. There's a is that his is that their their mascot? Meyer is in the store. Is that I don't what know. Talking about? Mel, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, but no, but you know what? Thank you, Mel, for giving us you. a list of wizards. Uh, are these? Uh, I'm going to ask you, Mel. Are are these from? Um, what is it? The Dark Tower? The Dark Tower? Is that who? Is that? Do they? Ha- does that have wizards in it? I don't know. It has a, a it. gunslinger, right? Yeah. I I, 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 I wish I, I had read that. The last Stephen King book I read was Dolores Claiborne, and and that was a long time ago, and that was such an awful book that I never <laughs> went back. Yikes. Now, but I will say this, Mel Evans, I have a gift for you. Oh, geez. Did you know, Mel Evans, that it is possible for you to write your first name in looping cursive and have it look identical if you turn it upside down? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. You Goodness, can that, your that name kind of is, huh? looks ex- your first name what? looks identical if read from the top or the bottom. What is what's the term for that? There's a term. There is a term. I'm sure it's a great word, but I don't know it. Dan Brown knows it. Mel, that's great. Thanks thanks for uh, uh showing us up on on magician yeah. knowledge. Also, what uh, Mel, can you clarify Meyer wizard? And uh to our other listeners, if you'd like to clarify what an awesome effing podcast sounds like, how about you listen to an hour with your ex? And that will clarify a lot of things because you're probably right now like, Jesus, these guys are jokers. I wish I could listen to some professionally well-made yeah. podcast that I, that's relatable. I could tell someone at work about this and not get the weird eye. <laughs> you want to listen to an hour with your ex with Mark Coulomb and the very talented Mel Evans, which isn't to say Mark isn't talented, but I've never met him. And I have met Mel and she's very talented. <laughs> Also, a you, you guys, hell of a baker. You you guys uh, uh, won't be able to tell if we're, we're talented enough until you meet us. Yep, that's the only way to know. Anyway, um, uh, I also have uh, highest of fives and all the, and in secret handshakes to Thunderstorm, nice. which is pretty sweet yeah. as an internet handle goes. <laughs> you deserve one of these Thunder Sound. You do deserve that. Yeah. Just know that every single time you hear that in a podcast, that's a high five directly to you. Thank you for listening, and we think you're cool too. Awesome! Thanks for the feedback. Uh, if you guys would like to to write in with uh, and and debate with us about anything, or, or mm-hmm. tell us what jackasses we are, we'd love it. Blurryphotos.org. There's a contact sheet on there. We'd love it in the academic sense, but we would probably get our feelings hurt if you were really brutal about it. Very true. We're still. <laughs> We're still little delicate flowers mm-hmm. underneath. We come across as hard tickets, <laughs> but underneath. We're just a couple of dainty hates. Dainty. <laughs> now, before we, uh, before we wrap this, uh, this little dog and pony freak show up, uh, we've got to give you guys a heads up for the month of May. Uh-oh. It's going to be pretty great. What's going on in May? I hope you guys like pageantry. And by pageantry, I just mean a pageant. <laughs> Because uh, the esteemed gentlemen of Blurry Photos, fine connoisseurs of the unknown, mm-hmm. learned gourmands, <laughs> uh, we are having, we're holding the first annual 2013 Miss Cryptid pageant. Da, 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 da. There she is, her horns da, da, and flame da, da, breath. Da, da, da. She scared da, some da, villagers. Da, da, da. And may not no, no, exist. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great song. <laughs> we we're, we're dedicating the month of May 
to the Miss Cryptid pageant. That's where, right. Where each week in the month of May, we will be dis- discussing the cryptids. Who we like we love cryptids, right? But there's so few that have enough information to really give them fill out a whole right. So we're going to take form. all the fun <laughs> cryptids that don't really ever get their time in the sun. We're going to discuss them. And we're going to need your help with this. Mm-hmm. We want you to to write us back each week. Who is the cryptid you like the most? Yeah. And then we're going to use this to crown the Miss Cryptid 2013. That's right. I'm going to try to to get a, a form on the the site that's easy for you guys to fill out where you just vote. Yeah. Who, who's who? Who'd you like the best? Uh, we're going to probably uh, shoot for doing about four cryptids mm-hmm. uh, per episode. And then you guys tell us which one you liked uh, the best from each. And we'll, and then roll we'll have the, a, yeah, we'll roll them forward. It's kind of a, a weird bracketing kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, have, have like a final four of, of cryptids. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and then we're going to crown a winner. Should be a good time. We're going oh, to cover a lot of ground. Remember how much fun we had in Bunyip Town? Yeah. I mean, in technically, Spring Hill Jack cryptid. Yeah, well, yeah. And we're going to go even, I would say, level below that in terms of celebrity oh uh, yeah cryptids yeah these are the cryptids that no one's heard of yeah these are hipster cryptids (laughs) hipsteds oh my god you can get into these guys and and then be like oh yeah you've probably never heard of el nostrinando (laughs) you know the nose monster (laughs) chile that's right oh man we just created an awesome cryptid (laughs) or a lucha libre wrestler (laughs) <laughs> but uh, we are going to have a trophy. Yep, that's right. It's the Golden Goatman. The Golden Goatman. Whoever whoever comes out on top of this pile of cryptids yep. wins a Golden Goatman. We're going to write that cryptid's name on a piece of really nice tape and stick it to the Golden Goatman. <laughs> but like a really nice tape, like gaffing tape. That's Ooh. expensive. <laughs> So I hope that gets your appetite brewing. Yes, I hope we whet your whistle. The whole month, I mean, it's it's all going to be cryptids, so so don't get uh, bummed out, you know, by lack of variety. But these cryptids are going to be variety enough for you. Oh I man, think. they're going to blow your mind. They're all going to be fun, and and you're going to get four different ones each episode. So not to mention, I am I, I'm not promising this, but I just knowing how we operate, probably a different version of the Miss Cryptid song every week. <laughs> <laughs> yep, now. <laughs> we will now. So uh so look forward to that uh coming up in the month of May. And mm-hmm. uh, check check out uh blurryphotos.org uh for all that information and you can uh, uh go there and, and write to us. Yeah. Via the contact sheet. I'll put that survey up there real up front so you can you don't have to search for you that. You can Twitter vote at us. Twitter at blurry underscore photos. You can Facebook vote us. Just go to our homepage and, and follow the chiclet to that because yeah. I don't want to give you that. That's There's a lot of numbers to that address. Yeah, just just click. <laughs> just click. Click and vote. Uh, so, yeah, uh, find find us on there. And if you don't like us on Facebook yet, go ahead and like us. Yeah, do it. Gosh, it takes two seconds. And you know what? You're going to feel so good when you do. And we're going to feel so good when and then you then And then your friends are going to be like, hey, I saw that you... Uh, that you like something and you, it seems really cool and you got to it first. So my esteem for you has improved. That's it's a win. what, it's what, what happens. Win, win, win. You yep. guys, that's the drug that the hipsters are hooked on. Also, uh, we're on iTunes. Oh, you so thoroughly. Be, you may be listening to us. You can't there. vote on iTunes, but you can give us a review. Yeah. And, uh, now we're on stumble upon. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, figure out how to use that and then, uh, give us a thumbs <laughs> up. I don't, maybe you can vote. We don't have a, clue what happens on stumble upon 
We don't know what you do with it, how you do it. Is it you order hot dogs from there? I don't know. <laughs> if you if you does can. it hurt? Yeah. If you're stumbling, I don't know. So uh, uh, we're also on on YouTube. Yeah, you can subscribe to us on there, and and feel free to drink along with us with your uh, your carefully purchased we- online liquor orders. That's right, through our affiliate links on the site to yep. the Craft Beer Company or the uh, Gold Medal Wine Club. You know, one of our uh, one of our listeners lives in kind of No Funsville, Nebraska. Yeah. And yeah, and 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 he's really excited because he's actually using our our links to o- order sake, which he has a really hard time getting where he lives. Nice. Yeah, so score. And you can enjoy that for our yokai episode. Oh, exactly. Mmm. pie. <laughs> So, uh, great, you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, For this episode of Blurry Photos, I am David, the positive electron flora. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm negative. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm David, time, space, curvature, stecco. Come on, man. That's a sweet curve. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was a a knock on your self-esteem. No way. Man, I'm a I'm a sweet curvy piece of meat, and all the ladies fall into my gravity well, oh. and I'm waiting at the bottom, all like ah. kiss at times. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>